This is a podcast from the Queen City Podcast Network. This is Sports Charlotte, the podcast about sports in Charlotte. My name is Herb White, and it's Thursday, February 8, 2024. A new soccer season is right around the corner, and there's growth in North Carolina's professional ranks with the addition of Carolina Core, a team that's based in High Point. And leading the core on the field is Roy Lassiter, who is one of the greatest players in Major League Soccer history. He's also an alumnus of North Carolina State University, where he played soccer before going on to MLS, where he established a league record for goals scored in a season with 27, a record that held up until 2018. So obviously, it's a homecoming for Eddie Pope. It's growth with MLS Next Pro, putting a team in the triad area, while there's also Crown Legacy FC in Charlotte. And we talked about all manner of things related to soccer, the rivalry, or potential rivalry between the two sides, imparting MLS experience to players who are looking to move up the ladder, and what it means to come back to North Carolina. Here's that interview. Hey, Roy, how are you today? Doing well. How are you doing? I'm just fine, thanks. Awesome, awesome. I appreciate you taking the time to talk to me today. I know it's a busy time of year for you. Um, yeah, absolutely. And I guess, you know, there's so much going on and the soccer landscape in North Carolina is getting more and more crowded as uh, as the years go by. Uh, mm -hmm. Congratulations. Thank uh, you, sir. Are Thank in you. order uh, for you with, uh, with the new job as head coach. Uh, with the core and has it started to sink in yet? Um, yeah, pretty much. I mean, um, I, I just, I, I probably don't, uh, get kind of unraveled by, um, all the things that are surrounding it and just stick to what I do and what I know. And, you know, basically I'm just trying to enjoy, enjoy all my time, enjoy, uh, you know, the time being able to be out on the soccer field, enjoy time being, able to be with the staff and the players and just enjoy that creating um, knowledge, you know, for the players, just, I'm just trying to do that. I'm just wanting to do that and not get all wrapped up into things uh, as a coach. You know, I've, I've been a coach for a very long time. I mean, not at the MLS next pro level, but still um, I, I'm just trying to take it day by day, just to be honest with you. When you talk about bringing that experience and leveraging, uh, that experience with the players who are in your charge. Uh, obviously, you know, th these guys are from a different generation. You've been around, you've played in major league soccer, you've done the U S national team. You've got the experience you, you have what these guys want. Uh, mm -hmm. How do you go about leveraging that uh, with them and helping this generation of, of players get to where you've been? Or beyond. Yeah, it's it's you know it's all about that. It's it's all about 
giving them tidbits of stories because that's something that they can cling on to, something that they can relate to a lot. Uh, instead of them just looking at me like, um, you know, God or something, which is, which is, I let them know I make mistakes all the time and I try to learn from them and I try to learn from others. Um, and I got a staff that we learn from each other as well. I allow them to incorporate and inject and I demand that they give their experiences, uh, because these players need to hear their stories. Um, cause that's what these players are going to live off of. They're going to live off the stories that we give them, um, not just the trophies and the rings that we've won, um, but how we got those. And so uh, bringing that experience is, is major. It is absolute major. You know, I, every single player that I brought in here, I didn't just look at their nice highlights. I mean, they did right by making them all good, but I knew a lot of them, but the ones that I didn't know and were very interested and agents are sending me highlights. And I looked deeper. I looked at games. I, I went back and looked at maybe a, two or three games of them completely. And I saw their attitudes, saw their attitudes with the ball, without the ball, how they related to their teammates, how they responded to their coaches, just all those kind of things before bringing them in because I do want to have a certain personality and certain character that I want to bring in to, to this organization. So, um, you know, most of the time I'm going to get it right. There are some times I may get it wrong with players uh, because I, you know, they're new to me, you know? So uh, my biggest thing is the connectivity with them. And I think if you're not going to connect with your players, it's going to be very hard no matter what type of, no, no matter how good they are, connecting with your players is really, really important. Those are the players that really give everything they got for you and the organization. And for me, that's that's paramount. That's that's the most important. And I guess for a developmental league like MLS Next Pro, that's even more important because the emphasis is on development as opposed to strictly wins and losses. That's right. There is a balance. Yes, that is exactly right. There's a balance. And there's probably an added balance to um, an independent team because at the end of the day, we do want to try to sell players too if we can, you know, sell them and and you know, I my message is to all these players: don't don't try to pitch a tent here. You know, here's where you're not gonna you're, you're not gonna make your money here. You're making gonna make your money at the next place, but here you're gonna respect the process. Um, you're gonna give it every ounce you got because everybody is is in the in that um aspiring to get to the next level. Um, as coaches and players, we're all doing that, and so we're all in the same boat. We just you as a player, and I'm as a coach. So when they start to see those type of things and hear those type of things, they know we're in it all together. And so I think, you know, players can relate to that better, you know. And so that's that's what we're looking for to, for players in this organization. And, and you're right, that developmental piece is major and we can't forget that. Right. Although we want to win the game. And yes, we we are winners. We we want to win. And that's for sure. I've never lost that. It's it's. I don't think anybody is a more of a winner than me, but I have to tailor that. I have to make sure that um, there's priority also uh, set aside for development and um, having good character and having, um, you know, being genuine and being a, being a good citizen and all, all those is within that. 
it's interesting you talk about the development. It's not only for players, but for the coach and the coaching staff as well. Is that a goal of yours to move up that coaching ladder as well? And, it is. And how far up the ladder? As far as I can go. I mean, I'll take, uh, I'd, I'd like to be Major League Soccer. I'd like to be uh, in coaching a country. Um, so, um, but, you know, at the same time, I'm going to respect the process that I'm in. I'm going to respect where I am and do good where I am and be on the details of, of where I am. And so I think that's the most important. I'm not, I'm not here to look for a way out. I'm, so, so, you know, I want that to be understood completely. I'm not here just to look for an out. I'm, I'm here to develop myself well enough that one day there, if there, if an opportunity is created, well, then I, I can, I can look at the situation and pursue another level if it makes sense, you know, because here I got people that can understand me like Eddie Pope and my, my staff that I brought in personally. Um, I have, you know, I don't want to just venture off into major league soccer where now you're amongst the wolves, right? You're amongst the wolves and, you know, it's, 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 it's three games, four games, and it's not favorable. And now your job is, is on the line. Well, uh, I'm going to put myself in that situation anywhere I go, you know? Um, and so I want, I want, I do want to be in a place where I'm understood. I do want to be in a place where I'm allowed to express myself as a coach, bring forth my ideas and try to have them executed by players on the field. Uh, I do want that. Uh, I think, you know, I've been, I've been coaching in major league soccer too with the Houston Dynamo uh, with their U twenties and the MLS next pro, and then four games with the first team uh, as an assistant coach. So I do, I've had some experience and seen how that can be um, in those environments. You're a, you're a North Carolinian. You're, you know, you're, you have roots here, uh, played soccer here. Um, I guess, mm -hmm. Uh, Lee's McRae, then NC State, then on to Major League Soccer. Mm -hmm. 20, 30 years ago, would you have believed if you'd gone back into time and told your younger self, North Carolina is going to be a hotbed of soccer when you were coming up through the ranks? Would your younger self have believed that? You know, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Uh, you're right. Uh, that would have been hard to believe, but. Uh, North Carolina's always had a lot of soccer. You know, in my youth days, it was a ton of soccer. You know, everybody was playing soccer when I was when I was young, when I was, you know, 12, 13, 14 years old. Everybody was playing soccer. So it, it was big. And, and soccer was big in North Carolina. Even then, in the youth, it was really big. But not on the professional level. I think it wasn't on a professional level in many places. But still, um, in the youth, it... North Carolina has always been big, you know, and with the help of the colleges that are around here too, that's been, that's big as well. So uh, soccer in the youth part has always been big in North Carolina, always been big. So was I thinking about it like that back then, 20, 30 years ago? Probably not. Um, was I thinking of myself being a coach back at that time? Yes, because even towards the tail, you know, last, you know, six, seven years of my career, I, I'd always thought like a coach. I'd always, you know, I I I had to have a high level of understanding the game. If I was going to be a striker and score goals uh -huh. as a striker, I had to learn to read the game and read it fast and be at least two plays ahead. And and so 
I, I read the game a lot. I studied the game. I was a student of the game a lot. Uh, my tail end of my career, even before then, I had to study more. As you become less and less of an athlete, you got to study more to gain an edge in certain areas. So that's that's what I did. So I could see myself being a coach. And I could see even back then in North Carolina I had the potential of being, you know, being, you know, being a hotbed of soccer. And, that, and to that point, I guess the thing is that over the last 20 years or so, it's just exploded, not only on the amateur level, but obviously, you know, with Charlotte FC, a couple of MLS pro teams, the courage, not to mention the, the division two, division three clubs that are in the triangle and in Charlotte it's professional soccer is all over the place now. Yeah, it is. Uh, it, it's definitely growing. And I'm glad um, here in the triad, they saw fit to put a MLS next pro team here. Um, you probably would have thought it would have been what Raleigh <laughs> would have been the, 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 the spot to be. Um, Cause now we're so close to Charlotte, you know, but um uh, I'm I'm glad they were able to to get that done. Um, that was able to get across the line and and be and be a possible uh, venue for uh, a a professional team. But yes, they have a lot of professional soccer here in, in North Carolina alone. And you look at the landscape now, where you have a team that's in the triad. You got a team in Charlotte. You're in the same league. You know, which is something that adds a little extra spice to it all. Uh, talk a little bit about, if you would, uh, having two teams that are barely an hour separated from each other in two major metros of Charlotte and North Carolina. And you talk about the Greensboro uh, High Point area. Uh, what will that look like in your estimation? Uh, not, you know, understanding that. The rivalry hasn't really taken root yet, but what do you anticipate that will look like between the Charlotte Club and Core? Yeah, first of all, uh, Charlotte has uh, has a couple of years on us already, you know, so they're they're ahead of us in terms of their base. They're ahead of us in terms of their knowledge and experience uh, in MLS Next Pro. Uh, they have a professional team that is above that. Um, so uh, they're, they're pretty much ahead of us and they're in a kind of a metropolitan city, you know, they're in a big, they're in a big place and uh, where they can attract a lot of players and a lot of people. And they do their first team for sure. Uh, Crown legacy uh, was very successful last season. Um, so, uh, they 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 are ahead. They're ahead of us, and so I see it uh, being good. Pro and that all depends on what happens on the field. You know, it, it, that all depends on how that grows and how that builds. But I think it's a good, healthy thing. I, I think it's what is needed uh, for our players to grow. I think our community can can um, support each other. The ones that support the core, ones that support Charlotte. I, I think I, I think it can be a really good thing. Um, uh, in this area. Yeah, you're right. They're real close, <laughs> real, real close. And so um, I, I see it being healthy. I see it. I see it being very, very healthy. Uh, I think I, I see it being a real cool thing, actually, you know, having that rival like that. If you want to call it a rival, I guess 
but um, that's only created by fans and stuff like that. I mean, the players don't, they just go in and play and whoever they play, they play. Yeah, well, but if you give it some time, maybe some good, healthy dislike, if not outright hate, will help juice it up some. Well, I mean, I mean, that's that's what the rival is. That's what the word rival is, right? I mean, one is against the other one, right? So uh at the end of the day, it's it's pretty cool. It's just it's just a good thing. It's like New York teams or you know, stuff or Florida teams and you know, California teams, they they build their rivals because they're so close. That, and, and that's why they're rivals, right? So I think it I think it's a good thing. I think it'd be a real, real good thing on this level. Now, one of the things that stood out to me when doing some research uh, on Carolina Corps and its leadership, you know, obviously you as the coach, Eddie Pope as the as the sporting director, it's two black men. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you and I are old enough to to have heard the stories over the years about soccer and, you know, and, and, and where black folks in the U.S. fit in it. Uh Is that something that you've given much thought to in terms of with this particular franchise, the people who are responsible for the on-pitch product and putting that team together is entrusted in the hands of two black men? I would have never dreamed that, but um, I'm glad things are evolving. Um, I've been rejected before. I've been... Other people have picked other people before and not necessarily for them having more experience than me. Um, because I felt I've always had it, but I'm going to be truthful here. Mm -hmm. I haven't, I, I did not pursue it so hard. I didn't pursue being a professional that much. Uh, one, um, I was selfless with my, with my family. I didn't want to be moving all around all the time and, You know, um, so I chose to just to be a director of youth soccer for, you know, 21 years, um, well, 22 years. And, yeah, I sprinkled in being assistant coach for college for two years, sprinkled in being um, U23 coach, sprinkled in being U20s of the Dynamo and uh, assistant coach at MLS Next Pro with the Dynamo, sprinkled that in with being, you know, coaching at MLS and then coaching um assistant with the U20s men's national team um you just sprinkle those in and that's how I kind of gained my experience in there and having to network and yeah it's, it's always been tough it's always been tough and I could not have dreamed that I could not have dreamed it at all uh it it I'm thankful only God put me here to be honest with you um so that's just That's just how it is. Or he worked through Eddie because Eddie and I have known each other for a very long time, roommates for eight years uh, with the national team and with uh, 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 DC United. And I've always trusted Eddie. Always, always. He's always been the same. He's never shaded, faded anything on me at all. He's always been that type of guy. Always honest, always steady, um, always truthful. Um, and that's why we had been nearly best friends for, for a really long, long time. And so he was the only guy I would have trusted because there were opportunities at DC United. There was other opportunities potentially at Nashville. There was up, uh, you know, and there, and I had, to, and I had the position at the Houston Dynamo already. So I, uh, 
But I came here large in part because of Eddie, because I trusted him being here, seeing him here, him giving me the vision and showing me the vision of what it could be. My thing is that before I even wanted to sign here, I wanted to see who was in charge. I wanted to see the ownership. I wanted to hear them. Uh, I didn't want it to, just to be just some wealthy people that just wanted to put their money somewhere and that you don't rarely see them because that's in other places. That's definitely in other places. You rarely would see an owner. You rarely would see them. Um, and so I, I just I I just needed to to see them. And Eddie got me in front of every last one of them. And so um I wanted them to know where I was coming from because this is you're you're talking about moving my family and uprooting and yeah, it's North Carolina and it's nearly his home, but I hadn't moved back and lived in North Carolina since I was in college. So um it it, it my decision was very easy once I knew Eddie was involved and once he called me and because we were talking before. And so um I um I, I could not have imagined, you know, Eddie Pope being the GM, myself being a head coach. And I mean, together. I can imagine myself being a head coach, but not having it having it like this. So I'm thankful. And the people in the ownership here, they're fantastic. They're absolutely fantastic. They they are good people. They care about people. They I don't think they or looking at color or anything like that. They they really do care about people, the well-being of people. Um, that's first and foremost. And so do I. I I I people are who runs the organization. Without people, there's no organization. So um that that's just where I am. Their thought process was nearly the same as mine in terms of that. The players that I have, I care about them more than I even care about winning a game. That and that is honest. That is the honest truth. And so, and that happened to me at Houston Dynamo. And I, and I felt that if I took care of the players, if I helped them out in every aspect of their game on and off the field, the results would take care of themselves. And Houston Dynamo for two years, I didn't lose a regular season game. So I just kept going. I hear stories all the time with coaches, how coaches can really kill the player. You know, not all coaches are fantastic coaches out there. I mean, I, I, I got, I got to really learn to, to, to be, to be on their level. Um, but there, there are some that are just the egos are in the way and their pride is in the way and uh, the players forgotten and the players dropped. And, and we're talking about good players too. We're talking about players that could come up and, and be really good players and have a good, really good living in the sport. And, and they've been set back for one reason or another. So, it accelerated me to get more to to go forward and go be a professional. I always knew I had it. I always knew I could do it. I always knew I could read the game well enough. Um, I stepped across the line to get all my licenses. Um, I'm, I'm still wanting to do uh, my A pro, and I will do that too. And I guess also with the with the independent nature of Carolina core. It doesn't have an MLS affiliate. It's pretty much on its own in terms of developing and doing all the things that are, that a soccer franchise has. Uh, what are the advantages to that 
And what are the disadvantages? And I, and I guess there are the obvious disadvantages that I just laid out. But what are some of the advantages? Um, I think the one advantage is that uh, being an independent club, you you are the first team. So when you're at places like an MLS franchise team, you're not the first team. And uh, in our training sessions, we can have our complete roster in training every day, every day of the week. Where in an MLS franchise, you could have four or five guys gone to train with the first team. Not even you could find out that morning. So your training would have to be tailored and you'd have to adjust, which makes you a better coach. You can adjust that and and, and go on. Um, so those are definitely some of the the disadvantages. And I think some of the facilities at these uh in major league soccer clubs are very, very nice, very good, very professional. Uh it helps that player to be very professional as well. So they have more resources. Um, so that's another advantage for people that are in that's an advantage for major league soccer clubs. But I think the disadvantage, also another disadvantage that we have is is uh the player pool. Uh that player pool becomes very big at major at the major league soccer club, um, where ours, if we want it big, we will have to provide more resources to do so. Um uh, Major League Soccer really doesn't have they they can have people come out from everywhere that are totally interested and totally talented and they will have the personnel meaning they will have the rostered number of players that they need whereas we would have to go out and resource those players to have those players so that's just that's just the difference in in those two I know I jumped I jumped around a little bit on that one but um, those are kind of some of the the, the differences. Um, I think also uh, the independent, the advantages for independence that we can pay a player what we want to play them, pay them. And so um, I think that is, we can have the uh, any kind of age we want to have. And I think that's the same for Major League Soccer, but I think they, they stay at a certain age um, in, in MLS Next Pro. And we try to, too, because we know the meaning of it. Um, so th those are some of the, the, the advantages and disadvantages. Uh, of having an MLS franchise. So in in your instance, it sounds as if, you know, in addition to that pool, you know, you may be able to better access a different kind of player, a player who's really hungry and is willing to go out there and, you know, sweat and do the extra thing just yeah. to get into that ladder and move up. Yeah, yeah. And I, and I think also an advantage for us is the Major League Soccer Club, the main focus is the first team. It's not the MLS Next Pro team. The first team is the main source. So if that first team doesn't see that this MLS Next Pro player is going to be able to get inside of that first team roster, then he's really of not much use. That's when it becomes a really good advantage for the independent team. Because now that independent team would take them, see the good in them, put them on the field, and let them go. Whereas he was that player once was in an MLS Next Pro MLS franchise, but after a couple of years, mm, they figured out he's not going to fit. After they figured that out, gone. 
they don't need anymore. We go to the next, or we pull them from the academy. Um, so, so that's that's where it becomes advantageous for MLS Next Pro, uh, independent team, for for getting players throughout the country. Mm -hmm. I know that well, one last question when you talk about coming back to taking on Crown Legacy, you know that's your first opponent. Um, mm -hmm. You only have but so many days left before that. Uh, instead of asking what would success look like in terms of wins, losses, and draws, uh, what does success look like overall for a first-year club that it still has a lot of moving parts, you're still figuring out players, rosters, strategies, whatever. What does success look like for you in terms of this first year uh, with Carolina Core? Well, one, a winning record. That's that's one, a winning record. Um, I think uh, season tickets and people coming to games and people are excited when they see our games. That's another that's another success. And then being able to sell a player to Major League Soccer or to Europe or Central or South America. So just being able to move players along, being able to produce players that could play on our youth national team or senior national team in, in any country, not just the U.S., in any country. That's that's what success is as well. Um, so that's what I see. Uh, Carolina Corps is already moving off the field in the right direction, building a, you know, uh, multi, multi-million dollar facilities for, for our players and staff. So th that's already good. Uh, we're already having a complex. We're already having a youth base. So, uh, you know, consuming a youth club. So we're already doing things of that nature that are off the field that are preparing us for, for, for success down the road. But in this first year, that's what success would look like for me. I, I think number one, a winning season. Um, I think with the with the personnel we have as a staff and with the players that we have on the field, uh, that is obtainable. Um, I think also uh, being able to gain interest of other clubs outside uh, it, within the United States, meaning leagues that are higher than ours, uh, than the one we play in, or somewhere overseas in another country, and us being able to uh, sell a player off or loan a player out to a higher, much higher level uh, organization and league is a success as well. So that's, that's what I, that's what I see um, being successful as well as having players, having people attend the games. Promotion on both ends on and off the field. Get so that, that's how I had to, you know, that's how I think as a coach. So I'm thinking on all those levels, right? Not just yeah. absolutely on the field. Those other, those other, you know, tangible or intangible things are things that I think about as well. Okay. Well, it's been a, an honor to talk to you today. Uh, don't get to talk to legends every day, but <laughs> it's a good start today. Hey, and, I appreciate it. I appreciate it a lot. And uh, much success to you. And I can't wait to, uh, to see you guys when they take the pitch. And, uh, you know, it's going to be a great ride. And hopefully we will see each other again. You got it, man. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. That'll do it for this episode of Sports Charlotte. Check us out on the usual platforms, thecharlottepost.com, Queen City Podcast Network, Apple Podcasts, 
Spotify, SoundCloud. Also, go to our QCFC vertical on the Post website for all our soccer reporting. There's plenty of content there. We're gearing up for another season. So check us out. Follow along with us also on social media, X, Facebook, Instagram, all that stuff. For everybody at the Charlotte Post, my name is Herb White. Thanks for listening. QueenCityPodcastNetwork.com. Network.com.